In a world of Jew lies and propaganda, there is an island of white discussion, entertainment, truth. Free Talk Live is that island. Free Talk Live with your host, Jeff Beck. Only on the Vanguard News Network. This is the third hour of Free Talk Live. We've got a full board here on, on board here with Alex, Stan, uh, Guyan, and... Um, uh, and myself and James Yay. Hawthorne from from Great Britain, and uh, yes, and I'd like to repeat the um, the contact number here. It's VNN Free Talk Live. Send me a chat message if you don't want to come on the show. Uh, there's a lot there's a lot happening, but I can always uh, repeat uh, your message on the air. What I'd first like to uh, kick off the hour uh, discussing here is a book that just came out by Jimmy Carter, and I know a lot of you don't probably don't think a lot about him or even care to think about him, but he's got some interesting things to say about our friends, the Jews. And uh, the name of the book is Palestine Peace, Not Apartheid. Uh, And it's got the Jews and their servants in an uproar, and he's highlighting a number of very uncomfortable truths about the state of Israel. And of course, uh, you can see Butts' book and, and all kinds of books that get much deeper than Carter. But Carter's an ex-president, and uh, he's he's difficult to attack, uh, at least uh, openly. Uh, so w- what they're doing first is they're um, they're getting the Goy servants to attack this book. And I'll give a few quotes from the book first, but maybe um, a few quotes from uh, the people who are attacking him. I'm sure we all know who the incoming House Speaker is. That's Nancy Pelosi. Uh, she declared this book just came out. Quote. It is wrong. It is wrong to suset, uh, to suggest the Jewish people would support a government in Israel or anywhere else that would institutionalize ethnically based oppression. And Democrats reject that allegation vigorously. That's in response to Carter's book. So uh, she's an, uh, she's out there uh, carrying water for the Jews. Uh, John Conyers, a, a nigger congressman from Michigan, said, referring to the title of the book, which is. Palestine peace not apartheid said quote it does not serve the cause of peace and the use of it against the Jewish people in particular who have been victims of the worst kind of discrimination discrimination resulting in death (gasps) it is offensive and it is wrong so before we open up the conversation here I want to say that um, uh, give a few quotes from this book and um, and you'll see why this is causing a lot of controversy in certain circles. Now, I don't think anyone will post anything about this book on VNN Forum, but you never know. But in certain circles, it's, it's causing a little, a little disturbance, and it's got the kikes worried. And here, here's a quote from the book. Quote, <coughs> excuse me, two other related, this is by Jimmy Carter in his book, quote, two other interrelated factors have contributed to the perpetuation of violence and regional upheaval the condoning of illegal Israeli actions from a submissive White House and a submissive U.S. Congress during the recent years, and the, and the deference which other international leaders permit this unofficial U.S. policy in the Middle East to prevail. Carter continues, quote, But because of powerful political, economic, and religious forces in the United States, the Israeli government decisions are rarely questioned or condemned voices from Jerusalem dominate our media 
and most American citizens are unaware of the circumstances in the occupied territories. Carter also highlights the wholesale slaughter of Palestinians, in particular the high death rate of Palestinians, Palestinians including children, at the hands of the Jews. Quote, here's a few statistics from the book. Quote, from September 2000 until March 2006, uh, 4,000 Palestinians were killed versus 1,000 Israelis. This was during the Second Intifada. And these numbers include many children. Uh, there were 700 Palestinian children killed and only 100 Israelis, end quote. And of course, this does not play well with the Jews, uh, who are our gallant little ally, as uh, William Pierce said about them. Uh, they don't fit well with the frame that's constructed by the Jewish media, and they're talking about this. And as I, as I say, they were able to marshal uh, the highest elected official in the U.S. Congress to denounce the book, along with uh, one of the top nigger congressmen uh, from Michigan. So they're, they're in a little bit of an uproar about this uh, in certain circles, of course. So there we go. <laughs> a little bit of bad press for the Jews from Jimmy Carter. Not that I think much of the man, but, mm-hmm. uh, you know. Uh, yeah, he's, he's, uh, he's always been hated by the conservatives, and for some good reasons. But uh, on this issue, yeah, he's, uh, he's closer to right. I want to say two things. First of all, there's a, there's a third edition out uh, uh, of They Dare to Speak Out, where you can find people across the spectrum who've criticized Israel and been mistreated for it. This is the book by Paul Finley. Paul Finley. Congressman. I think Farrell's interviewed him. Mark Farrell's interviewed him on HonestMediaToday.com has interviewed him on tape and and other people have, but a new edition it's got, it talks about the experience of people like James Ennis. That's the the commander of the Liberty that was shot up by the Jews where they killed a few dozen Americans. And you know, that's the thing. The Jews kill these people and the report is hushed up by LBJ. They roll a bulldozer over uh, an American girl and they beat up a Swedish girl, and, and the, the so-called patriots don't say a thing about it. Well, actually, they do say a lot of things about it, but they're all supportive of it. They all support it. I don't, in need of, you know, say need. Don't say in need of. Don't say are supportive of. Say support. Uh, but uh, <coughs> nice, tight, accurate language. Something to shoot for. But these are the people that are in this edition. James Ennis, Cynthia McKinney, Cindy McKinney. Paul McCloskey, Charlie Reese, Jimmy Carter, Robert Byrd, James Zogby, Jerry Byrd, a number of others, but they they all have in common they've been smeared by these hate Jews, and and Jimmy Carter joins their ranks. And I I wish these people would say a little more when they're in office and they have the power to do something, but as Nixon said in speaking to the the evangelist, uh, Billy Graham, you know, we, we must know it, but we must never say it. You know, I was listening so, to know, a that's the that's the president saying he's afraid of the Jews and their power if he describes what they're doing, which he agreed with Graham is driving the American country down the drain. So the presidents presidents are anti Semites. They're just afraid of the Israeli lobby. They know that it's no good for America. I, I don't I don't think Bush is an anti Semite. I think he's I think he's a true believer in them. Well, the junior Bush maybe. Yeah, his junior father Bush. was his father they really disliked because they're a little bit more what they call realist, the realist school of foreign policy, which doesn't get all hyped up about moral stuff. Yeah, Bush is dumb enough. And then again we've got uh who was it? Was it uh, Theseus or someone else who said who disagreed with me and said, No, I think Bush is just as cynical as uh, as the next politician and he said he's from down south and there's all kinds like that. That may be, but either way the result is the same that 
Bush Jr. is much more in the Israeli camp than even his father was. His father at least fainted at denying them unless they went along with our policy. But you know, no president really since uh, since Eisenhower and the Suez Canal back in '56 has ever really stood up to them. You know something that I that I forgot, and I listened to last week on Free Talk Live. I mentioned that that uh, historian uh, Robert O. Paxton, who wrote a book about fascism, uh, he had speculated that the early 1970s were uh, a time where the country teetered pretty closely uh, to a, a, a reaction, a right wing reaction. Uh, and you know it was it was it was conceivable that time something might have happened, and uh, he mentioned Nixon in particular, and and I kind of I kind of scoffed at that idea, you know, knowing how 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 servile uh, Nixon uh, was to the Jews, in particular, you know, him acknowledging I'm I'm frightened of them. But uh, I was listening to an American Dissident Voices, that's William Pierce's broadcast. And he had a show in which he talked about Richard Nixon, and I forgot something that um, about him. That he took on the Kikes back in the early 50s. He was on the House Un-American Affairs uh, uh, Count Committee, where mm-hmm. he uh, he prosecuted uh, uh, communist spies, and the Jews uh, remembered that. For, uh, they didn't forget that because he, he was unraveling uh, some of their nefarious deeds. Yeah, and that's true to an extent, but you got to remember he was working with Roy Kahn, who was yes, a yes, fag, a fag Jew, and also he didn't call them Jews, even though the, all those commies were Jews, except for Alger Hiss. Well, wait a minute, wait a minute, Alex. You're, big you're, surprise you're, is the only one that anybody remembers out of the, the, the motors going here, and and, and Pierce, and that's good because uh, we like that. But uh, Pierce talked about that, and he, he said that this was a flaw in Nixon, but he did he did bring out that quote. Uh, that Nixon made about this, and that he said, "quote We prosecuted the only two non-Jews that were involved <laughs> in the whole communist conspiracy." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, who's, so, who's the other one besides Alger Hiss? Uh, He's actually of German descent and part uh, of Whitaker the, uh, Chambers. The, the Wasp Elite. Yeah, Whitaker Chambers. That's right. Yeah, that's, that's exactly right. Whitaker. This is very famous stuff among the on the conservative right. And yeah, Chambers wrote a book. Witnesses, extremely long and religiously maundering, yeah. but it, it describes in detail how the communists operate. And these are the suckers who control our government now. Uh, it's it's communism with an MTV face, but it's it's the same thing. And and Pierce had other authoritarian control. Pierce had other quotes by him, but you know I, I agree with you in, in the end, and, and Pierce acknowledged this as well. Uh, Nixon was not the man to take the Jews on, even though he held a grudge. Apparently, he held a grudge against them, and he felt that the Jews had had treated him unfairly because of his involvement in prosecuting these communists. Cer- certainly, and media. He very much disliked the media too, and he knew that the Jews controlled the media. He did. That's why I said, "Oh, but I can't ever say it," because even if you're president it's very hard to get your point of view out. I mean, you can try to go over the heads of the press, but it's not that easy because they're there they're every day and they'll be there after you're gone. And they can smear or exalt you as they choose, and they do that in line with, as we say, the Jewish agenda. And, and the president's a temporary thing. So, yeah, he, he, he knew what was going on. But, he, you know, there is no white ethnic network to stand up to the Jews. And That's right. And it's part of their job to see to it that it never does arise. And, and they in Germany, it did arise, partly due to the, the different nature of the times and, and the German culture and the, and the fact that the mass media was not as pervasive then as it is today. Yeah. So they've learned their lessons just as we should have learned our lesson. And the lesson, the first lesson we should learn is you name the Jew. 
Because, I mean, it, it, you don't get anywhere. They, they, they know where their enemies are going to arise from because they know the path that most of us in this show have traveled, which comes from recognizing that there are problems and then tracing the reasons that those problems exist. Say, so our crime problem is a race problem, and our crime problem's race problem was created by our Jewish problem through the laws that they... How did they pass? Well, they're, they're the top tier of the law school. They control the paper. They define all this stuff. They define what terms we use. Uh, one good thing today, their, their plans in Iraq aren't working so well, and they're saying NBC is going to start calling it a civil war, what's going on over there. So uh, it's nice that the media has fractured to a degree, but it's more that the audience is fractured rather than their, the agenda has fractured because they all pursue the same agenda in the mass media uniformly across whether it's drama, primetime, or sitcom, or pornography, or video. It's, it's pushing the same message, and we know the reason why. That, that empowers us to some extent. The truth doesn't make us free, but it, at least it's a precondition for you have to understand what's going on before you can change it. I, you know, I think that's the, I that's think where we are today, and you listening are, are part of that. I think the consensus is that you know worse is better, but you know I think uh, we, worse is inevitable. I mean, yeah, isn't it? I mean whether or not it's better or worse, it's coming. <laughs> True, and you look at what's happening in Iraq, and I've seen a few videos uh, that are being posted on the internet, and this place is out of it. What's well, happening you know, in Iraq but, but is look, but there's a positive message to that. Certainly not true. for Iraqis. We have created untold misery in that innocent land. Yes. And, and we created what the misery that was existing before we went in with the invasion was largely a product of our, ourselves as well. And if you told me I would be saying that here 25 years after graduating from college, I would have said back in the 80s, you're nuts. The U.S. is a force for good. Well, it, it's very disturbing to me to have to repeat a lot of what the leftists were saying about the CIA involvement and saying, Jesus Christ, it's just fucking true. We were the ones who were setting up Saddam in the first place. We set up the Shah in Iran. We're propping them up with weapons. We're killing people that we don't like. I mean, it's been going on for a long damn time. Leave these suckers alone. We, it's not our job to democratize or moralize to the rest of the world. Christ, our own country's fucked up. Not in the way the leftists say. In the way that we say here at VNN. But don't feed the niggers. Don't open the floodgates to the Mexicans. Don't allow Jews to control your institutions and pretend all that stuff is good. It's not. Is this not self-evident, what we're saying here on Free Talk Live? I think it is. Let me put out a show note here, Alex. Um, I got a chat message from Linnaeus Tane, or Thane, and she wanted to come on, or he, uh, he or she wanted to come on the show, and I uh, didn't respond fast enough in the chat message, and I think... Uh, the person got defensive and said, I'm not a troll or anything. This is just my first time on Skype. Trolls and, and always deny they're trolls. Yeah, trolls always know. You're, <laughs> I, don't, I don't think this person is Bring her, she, he or she on. Well, yeah, that's the thing. I think she just turned her Skype off. So if, if you're listening right now, uh, go ahead and turn your Skype back on. We'll get you on the show. I, did, I just had other things to take care of, and I I couldn't respond right Don't away. Be shy. And so and that, and that goes. Yeah, for we're we're happy to have callers. Let's put yeah. it that way. And if we have technical stuff, just try again, or uh, we'll move on. And, and you know, we're going to ha- keep having the show. So, Linnaeus isn't Carl, Carol Linnaeus. Carl Linnaeus, right? Who set up the the animal classification system? Yeah, Linnaeus. Yeah, that's L L I N N. A E S. This is L Y. But you know uh, what, oh, okay. what? What I was trying to what I was trying to say is is that you know when we say worse is inevitable, and I think we all sort of relish. You know, like I would love if some nigger like Obama became the president, and and you know and you know I want I want this you know place to sink 
as fast as possible so there's enough white men left yeah. to fight. But, you know, at the same time... You've got mixed feelings at the best about something like that. Well, yeah, at the same time... Oh, this oh that cunt's going to be president before he is, although I, I can see them teaming up, you know, in, in a couple of years. They were saying today that this jack-off jack Will, Will, Vilsack from Iowa is going to run. Well, he's one of the big promoters of Mexicans moving to Iowa. Oh, he's a kosher conservative. He's a jerk-off. And... Uh, Oh, a whole bunch of them. They're all all the cruds in the Democratic Party are going to run. But this, they're saying this is like the earliest anybody's ever really got an operation into full swing. Two years before the election. I mean, the I think that I think the cunt's going to run Clinton and. Uh, well, we'll you, you know, who, she'll win. pick like a Harold Ford or an Obama, uh, some some nigger like that to, uh, to, mm-hmm. to 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 run with. You can almost bet it. And well, I, the morons are dumb enough that you tell them, oh, you can, you can be historically elect the first woman, and they'll go for that. They're dumb enough to fall for that. First, she's not any different from the rest of these clowns. No, no, and, yeah. For the same, same bad thing. I'm not saying she'll be any worse than the Republicans if she were elected, but it's the same damn party. Yeah, yeah, it is. Vote for the government party. Two wings, two wings <laughs> of the same bird of prey. And, uh, but... You know what I'm getting at is, you know, if if the worse is better, um, uh, if, if if this is inevitable, we're looking at some pretty, you know, uh, rough times ahead, and and I think you can get a glimpse of that in Iraq, and and I, I gotta I gotta also believe that uh, when we are weakened, that these people over in the Middle East, for instance, uh, they're gonna take it, they're gonna take a, they're gonna take the flesh right off us because they're gonna remember what we did to them. And uh, and it's not only just the people in the Middle East. We've been fucking people over all over the world, and they're going to take it out on us. And uh, you know, yeah, it, it, people don't like the white male, what they consider the white male power structure, and they're going to ride us right into the ground like a crappy old used car. And that's why whites are so disrespected on TV, and, and portrayed as wackos and deviants and gooks and nerds and cowards, uh, whereas niggers are portrayed as scientists. I mean, how many nigger scientists are there in the world? I mean, if you're wondering why it's not happening now, and I don't think that very many are, but, you know, uh, well, it is happening in a sense. There's a lot of crime against whites, uh, violent crime. But if you're wondering why it's not worse, and it's, that's because all your tax money is going to keep these niggers and other mud people pacified. And, and well, it takes to grow, it grows colonies of them. Think of yes. those hostile colonies in your midst that money is taken out of your pot. Hey, we got to. The government is forcing you to buy more niggers. I mean, my God, you'd be better spending your money on crack and polyester clothes than more niggers. We don't need more niggers. But if if niggers aren't forced to work, if they're if they're accumulating all these benefits, what are they going to do? They're going to do with their free time what niggers always are going to do. They're going to fuck, rape, steal, steal your car. Uh, that's not what we want. This um this Linnaeus uh, Thane. Uh, she uh, or he left did leave a message and I'll and I'll read it I'll read it to you now and if anyone else wants to send a Skype chat message to us hey, hey Jeff I'm hearing some reverb so yeah I think that's coming that, from Stan be. okay but um, he says um, yeah this is one of your favorite oh. people yeah one of your favorite people here uh, uh, Alex Glenn Beck had a guy on his on a show named the Mangina the Mangina Glenn Beck. Had a show, a uh, guy on a show named uh, Ariel Cohen, Cohen, Ariel who, Cohen, Ariel Cohen, who had, hey, I'm getting better at that. Who had his, who had written a book about Eurabia, 
my point is is that here's the Jew telling us what a threat Iran is, and the lemmings are trapped behind this worship of degrees because this guy's a PhD. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is, uh, but uh, so because he has a PhD, it is okay for him to be a Jew. Whites need to stop worshiping authority blindly. <laughs> yeah, I agree, and, and it'll be a cold day in hell when when whites stop being authoritarian. From what I can tell, there there may be a higher percentage of them, or a larger minority among whites that that can see past degrees in authority. But by God, overall, it is small, and in the Midwest, it is virtually non-existent. You know, if you were right, you'd be in charge. That's the female biological point of view, and it is shared by the vast majority of of living creatures, from dogs up to humans. It's just pure power. If you don't have the power, then what you, your words aren't. Your words are just air to them. But but I know what he means. I can't wait. The minute that the Muslims, uh, the potential begins to actualize, the Jews will stop talking about Judeo-Christianity being under threat, and they'll start referring to the vaunted Judeo-Islamic traditions. And yes. they'll lie with the Muslims. The minute the tipping point of the cards uh, tips over and you, and you start to see the other face, that's, that's the kind of people Jews are. And they'll team up to oppress you with the Islamics. But if you don't think that's true, if you think that's just sort of a, a joke, you don't understand Jews and how they operate and how they think. They've done it before. They're uniquely loathsome people and uniquely dangerous to us. So what else is happening, Alex? Oh, uh, Did I have something else to mention? We talked about the Canadian... Uh, Canadian stuff. I was kind of hoping we had someone from Canada on to uh, talk about that, but uh, we don't have anyone else. Um, uh, I mentioned oh the no the NBC switching over to the Civil War. That was a good thing, or an interesting thing at least. But it's it's interesting that it rises to the level that they actively discuss it, which they don't do with most political terms. But I mean, you really could, and some people have developed whole books around it, the 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 political use of language. And, and it becomes so that just about every term is loaded since the media is reporting on this stuff 24 hours a day. It, uh, the terms are where the real battle is. He who defines controls. As Thompson's always quoting Orwell saying that. Um, but what was I going to say? No, I don't have anything else off offhand. Still reading a couple books I was going to talk about when I was done reading them, but uh, I read a book uh, called Samurai. This is like one of these Bantam paperbacks about uh, kind of about the air war in the Pacific and World War II. It was really pretty fascinating. I mean, the, the way that Japan trained its pilots, they had s- extremely rigorous training, but they only produced such a small number of pilots, and and for a while they had technical superiority with their zeros. But uh, the Americans quickly eclipsed them technically with uh, various Grumman products and, and other products. And, and Japan realized, you're like, holy shit, we just don't have enough pilots. I mean, they literally produced like 100, and they, they dominated a sector of it. But then they, uh, they, uh, they were outproduced, and, and they started trying to mass-produce pilots themselves, but it was too late in the game. And I learned a lot about starting a world war and, and what you need to, uh, things you need to consider before undertaking such an operation. And basically, it comes down to numbers. And, you know, I'm not a big technical guy, and I'm not really interested in military hardware or even in military history particularly, but uh, it shows you how easy it is to miscalculate. 
But uh, there's some really remarkable stuff in there about uh, not only the guy's experiences, and he was one of their top aces, kind of talking to, uh, I think, a British or an American reporter after the war about all the ones, uh, the planes he shot down, but just their their uh, their training and their, their general mentality. And uh, they were they were taught to, basically, they, they, they were, had almost gym, all kinds of gymnastic training, and he says eventually they were they were trained to make like large jump off some wall, and if they landed improperly, I guess they really fucked themselves up. But they learned how to do it. They learned how to. He said walking on their hands was just a starting point, and so they they got comfortable where they could walk on their hands for 15, 20 minutes. But they eventually got to where they could balance on their head alone. For he said he could do it up to 15 or 20 minutes, and this really I guess helped them. And they trained their eyesight so that they could immediately recognize uh, as far away as possible to give them that extra degree advantage. They could recognize fighters and, and which kind of fighter they were so that, to give them a, a slight advantage in the dogfights. And they got extremely good at it. And and uh, even that Karate Kid thing about like catching flies with your finger. And he says they learned to do that. So it's kind of an interesting book. It's one of these standard... Uh, Phantom War book. Someone gave gave it to me the other day, and uh, I'm going to print a little about that. Also, uh, uh, someone sent me a, a copy of that movie. What is the, that Turkish movie that is uh, anti-Jew? I think it is about Jews harvesting organs of Palestinians. Or I've heard about maybe that. Maybe it's other people. Yeah, I haven't watched that yet, but I really want to thank. I don't know if the guy's listening who sent it to me, but. Uh, thanks for that. I'm, I'm going to watch that, and I'll, I'll write a little something about it. And if people would like a copy, uh, maybe uh, uh, get in touch, and I might be able to run some off. I don't know who owns the rights to it. I don't think it's really widely available in English, so I don't think that's really... You know, you, uh, were, t- you were talking about... That, you I know, might be able to run a couple copies off if someone wanted to see that. The, uh, you know, if the, it's good. The ability you know, for people to really adapt physically... Uh, when when circumstances demand it, and and it, it is quite mm-hmm. remarkable what we're capable of. And you 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 consider probably most of us are pretty fat and out of shape. Uh, it's hard not to be with, the, well, especially in the Midwest with yeah. the, the weather. Although we've had incredible. What I don't well, know what it is where you are. We've had like yeah yeah it's it's high sixties for the last week. It's so. the same here, but of in November. You know my 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 point is is that you know given the, the circumstances, you know uh, if we were forced into if the environment changed. You know, we would go very quickly from being a uh, you know a, a tub of guts, you know, to someone mm-hmm. who's lean, mean, and fighting, or, or or I suppose you would die. That would be the other uh, the other option. Well, you know, white whites naturally whites form spontaneous order, dictated by the the needs of the circumstances, whereas niggers just fall apart. And Katrina is the perfect example. And when you say worse is better, I mean ultimately that's what you have to mean. Some kind of political hurricane that leaves people in local areas to their own devices, right? What else could that mean? So if Washington has any control, you know what's going to be happening. But if Washington doesn't have control, what happens? White people band together, they, they assign tasks, and they defend their area. We saw that in the Superdome. We saw that in the neighborhoods outside of it where they prevented the niggers from coming across the bridge and where they formed a circle and defended the women inside against the nigger predators in the Superdome. That's just, that's just ordinary uh, group interaction and uh, within group action. And, and whites understand everything we're saying. We've been decapitated. We're not allowed to recognize ourselves in the Jew-controlled media. And, and the Jew being not just a Jew, it's just an enemy. It's an enemy of white people. And, and Jew is the word for it. Jew is the source of the problems that bedevil us and have grown progressively worse for the last hundred years. Really, really, the story of the 20th century is the Jews coming to dominate America. 
and it happened pretty early on, but it's extremely advanced today. You know, if and if if you acknowledge this fact of the adaptation at work, uh, you you get to you get to thinking about the Jews, and you get to thinking about them. You know, like what is it that shaped them to do this? I mean, even Arabs who they share a lot of genetics with. Uh, uh, the other Semites, you know, they aren't even as vicious and as uh, they don't they, they aren't as vicious and pushy and aggressive and whining as the Jews are, and it it really it really makes you wonder about things like this, how these people have adapted and and they've selected themselves over time to do this. Uh, it, it's really mm-hmm. remarkable. I, I I I'm you know there's a lot of ways of understanding this problem with them, but. They are like they're like they're like a predator that way, aren't they? You know, sure. They 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 create an environment that is more comfortable that is comfortable for themselves, and if that means putting other people in discomfort, they don't care about that. In fact, they actually enjoy it. I I really believe uh, it's not really covered by McDonald, but I, I believe they actually absolutely glory in just rubbing other pieces, people's noses and shit, and th- that's a large part of their motivation, at least as much as a. Uh, is, is, is empowering themselves. It's just fucking other things up. They just like it. I mean, it's just like that quote. You know, we sent people in, we sent long-haired freaks and niggers into white middle-class uh, neighborhoods, just the living rooms, to fuck them up. They love that. And, and see, that's the unreported seamy side of the civil rights. And it's not just a side, it's the, the seamy soul of so-called civil rights. Is niggers screwing on somebody's lawn and then throwing a Molotov through the window. Oh, the civil rights movement was nonviolent. Bullshit. That's that's a bi- what's called a big lie. It's nonviolent because they didn't report the violence. Uh, you know, and, and and Nuremberg was a great trial because they didn't report. Oh yeah, we kicked in all their balls and then uh, drugged them and and beat them half to death and then forced them to sign false confessions. It was it was in other words a very fair trial. Fully up to Western standards of justice, even though we Jews aren't even Westerners and we don't even acknowledge our presence among the lawyers as you know eighty percent. It's 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 just you have to learn to sense falseness, and then read to discover the facts. Uh, you to know, steal I, yourself against the pseudo reality put out there by the kikes through the mass media. And given these facts, Alex, uh, you know that they are this way that you just mentioned. Uh, you know, I think it's more incumbent upon us than ever, uh, never, to knuckle under to these people, because you know uh, as Aryans, and, and we're covering ground, you know, our old ground here, but. You know, Aryans, I, I, mm-hmm. I think that we expect people to, like, well, I'll give a little bit and you give a little bit. But once you give a little bit to the Jew, uh, you're hit, you are his now. He's yeah. got you in his hand. You And, you know, uh, he, he, he is putty. You are now putty in their hands. And you've got to stand firm to these people. That's absolutely right. And, see, our whole conditioning trains us to, say, the golden rule. That one person's like another, and you should treat them the way you want to be treated. It, it, our whole training conditioning prevents us from seeing them for what they are, which is members of a team that is dedicated to our destruction and their empowerment. And once you understand that, all these other things fall naturally into place, and you see why they do what would otherwise seem to be extremely crazy, like letting in all the... Ma- why do they do that? Why in the world would anybody want to mix... The it US just doesn't make stuff? sense to our minds. Why, why would they want to mix a white community and a black community when, when the result is this violence? And Why would they want to send white kids to school with black kids at gunpoint? Why would they want to do that? Don't they see the... Of course they see the effects. They're not stupid. They're always telling us how smart they are, right? 
Well, then, if they're that smart, then they sure as hell see the fucking results, especially after a trillion dollars in 40 years. They know what they're doing. They're doing it on purpose. They're trying to slaughter us. They're trying to commit genocide against us while hypocritically whining and establishing memorials every other block to ones that we supposedly committed against them, which upon further review, you know, uh, upon closer inspection by the officials, uh, didn't actually happen. Nobody was ever gassed. You know, we they they someone has to. I mean, a certain percentage of these people, these Jews, they they certainly do know what's going on. And you know that um, Charles Krauthammer, which is he's one of the uh, the big Jews in this country, uh, Krauthammer, uh, yeah. he wrote the foreword uh, to, I believe, did he write the foreword to the Charles Murray's bell curve? Uh, don't know. Certainly, yeah, I, I, I think he did, and he, they're he, both neocons. He 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 may have uh, written a, um, a a the forward to it or review a very favorable review of this book, and I was reading another book by Charles Murray last night called Losing Ground, and uh, he mm-hmm. this is a book that is less well known, and he was talking about basically I'll sum it up as a white nationalist would sum it up, Alex. Uh, he mm-hmm. basically said that we are absolutely paying for colonies of these niggers, and and the more that we uh, subsidize these people, this is an old argument, but you know Charles Murray goes after well, it. Yeah. Charles Murray goes after it, you know, in exact detail and rigorous precision, and uh, and and we are basically paying for uh, our own disaster. By, yeah. by by funding these niggers and these these goddamn kikes like Krauthammer and the rest of them they know this oh sure they know and 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 they know that th- and Murray th- knows it too but yeah. he won't tell you Murray Murray is not a Jew but he is a neocon and he yeah he talked about the IQ disparity and he does as you say measure very precisely the niggerization of society but what he won't do is place it in context as McDonald does that's what makes McDonald a threat to the Jews as he explains the Jewish incentive and agenda at work. See, the, the Murray documents the niggerization, not just of niggers, but of, of whites. Whites are becoming nigger, niggerized in their mentality and their behavior. And he, he fully documents, you know, we spent this much on these programs and here's the results. And uh, basically nobody has any excuse in believing that there can't be any naive liberals after Murray and after 30, 40 years. You know, this it's is a very, a, this is a very you're important... abysmally stupid as, as a college girl, like a college girl freshman is about the only one who has any excuse to believe any of that crap any longer about how you're helping them. But the Jews certainly know what they're doing, and they certainly intended it. And, and the truth is that you, you, they will admit that in their own publications. And that's where McDonald has collected the quotes that damn them. If those quotes were more widely known, is the job of the haters and terrorists, the SPLC, the people who infiltrated and probably produced Oklahoma City bombing, uh, to to prevent those quotations from becoming known by the broader public, as as through the medium of our popularization here at VNN. That's why the show exists to spread that knowledge. Sure, the, the the Jews are are using your money to grow columns of niggers who hate and kill you, in your own country. While they're, while they're whooping up for your boy to go over to Iraq to fight the war for Israel. Is that crazy? Am I a hater and a racist for pointing that out? Or am I the good guy? Are we the good guys for saying that? I think we're the good guys. You know, there's, there's a very important concept in economics, and it's called elasticity of demand. And this is something you just brought up, and it reminded me of this concept. And, and basically mm-hmm. what it is is that, is that uh, 
if, if you if you change uh, the long accepted price of a product, uh, elasticity refers to uh, demand refers to if people will go out and buy more of it. And not sure. all products are that way. And 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 so like with um, uh, you know certain products like bread, you know if the if the price were drastically reduced on bread. It, it really, it really wouldn't affect the demand that much because you can't really store bread, for instance. Uh, you, know, you can put some of it in your freezer or something. So it doesn't really stimulate demand that much. It, just some at the margins. But mm-hmm. you know, other products are are not that way. Other products, if the price drops, you can hoard it. And and, well, and, and, and some and, things, if if they're if you absolutely have to have them, then the demand is. Uh, what inelastic, right? Yeah. I mean, you have to have them no matter what they cost. Right. Yeah. Like well, the oil. inverse obviously is inel- inelasticity of demand. Yes. And but that, that's right. And if you don't and have oil, you can't run your society. So even if the price is two hundred dollars a barrel, you've got to have it. Yes, you've got to pay because it because there are no known substitutes, at least for for mass trucking. And societies. this 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 concept of elasticity of demand. You mentioned whites acting like niggers, and you know, there's a lot of in, there's a lot of elasticity in 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 the behavior of whites. And and this is another concept that I kind of merged with Murray's uh, books. And and it's very interesting that you know if you don't take a white person and you don't train the white person or you allow him to live as a savage, he can act like a savage and he can act like a nigger. But if you take a white person and you train him and you give him discipline, he can act like a white man. But the nigger yeah. cannot—he's he, not elastic enough so that when you uh, apply well, he, he, when you apply all these resources, he cannot rise to the level of a white man as a group. You know, as a, as a group. Yeah, there's inherent limitations. Yes. in the form, the white white could be this or that. But here's a good example of a white man can not only be. He can be a better nigger than a nigger while still retaining his white instincts. Madonna and Eminem are, and in general, whites in pop music are good examples of that. Eminem is the best rapper there ever was, and hence the best nigger. He's not a wigger. He's a true nigger. He grew up around niggers, and that's what he knew, and he out-niggered the niggers in rap, supposedly their genre. Uh, but, but when it comes to his own kid, he was bitching at his own niece for dressing like a slut. Now, Madonna did the same thing, extremely overtly sexualized music, you know, not precisely in a nigger form, but but anything that's over-sexualized. She she succeeded in a Jewish environment while retaining her white instincts. Her, she won't let her own kids see the kind of st- music and, and the kind of videos that she makes. So so there's still some kind of Aryan instinct that we inherently recognize. We don't want little kids dressed like sluts, even if we dress like sluts ourselves, even if we sing about bitches and hoes. And and that tells me that there's always a redeemable core of whites, no matter how wiggerized the surface. And what it comes down to is is people are going to conform as the system tells them. Most people will because most people biologically are conformist and they do what seems to be in their immediate advantage. And, uh, and where the, the incentives push them to act like niggers, they're going to act like niggers. But a minority will resist, and maybe one day out of that minority will come a new elite that can guide us back onto the right path. But it all comes down to genes. Well, look, the genes are lost. They can never be regained. We've got 15 minutes left in this broadcast, and Mark, um, we got a caller in here, and he he wants to tell us some some nigger stories here. So let's let's call him and see what's going on. This is a uh, Mark and Callie. Let's see here. Okay, let me tell him I'm ringing him. Hey, while you're, I'm going to read this this section. His, this is. Well, he's on right now. Oh, okay, okay, I'll hold it for later. Mark. Yeah. Hey, uh, so I'm a lickin', brothers. 
Just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> How do Just I sound? Ready? You're you're a little bit hot. You may want to pull your microphone away from your mouth a little bit. Okay, that's what I want to make sure because I just got this headset. So yeah, that's much that better? better. Okay, great. Yeah, I got to tell you, this is so funny because you guys are talking about Jews and blacks, and my experiences are so funny as a kid because I was actually I was born here in the U.S. in L.A., but I was actually raised in Yugoslavia or Croatia. So by the time I was four or five, I came back. And it's funny because my mom, we laugh about this shit nowadays. Uh, I remember the first time I saw a black person here, uh, and I told her in Croatian, I go, oh, my God, you've got gypsies here too, and shit like that, you know. My first time going to public school here as a kid, uh, and I only lasted about three months until I was pulled out because I was the only white kid there and everybody else was black and they acted like animals. Literally every day I got beat up until about like two weeks later <clears throat> I finally said fuck this and on the jungle gym I mean I was I think I was probably like seven six or seven at the time and I broke some like the biggest niggers arm on a jungle gym. So then, you know, they had a talk with my mom, and, you know, like a couple months later, I was out of the school because I started getting into trouble because uh. once you get in that gang mind, uh, you know, oh, this is a bad this is a bad white boy. You know, he's, he's part of our crew now, kind of a deal. And um, after that, going to public school. But picture this. The next year, my mom owned an apartment building here, and she was doing some deal with uh, another Jewish lady. Somehow, this fucking kike-ass bitch <laughs> fucked up the paper, intentionally did something with the paperwork. And granted, my mom, she hadn't been here that long. I mean, roughly maybe 10 years total. And switched the paperwork to where my the apartment building that my mom did own, she lost, the Jew got, and she ended up owning uh, an apartment building in the fucking niggerest part of town possible. Okay. During that time that she owned that apartment building, every weekend, I mean, I remember I was, I think I was about seven at the time, every fucking weekend, we had to go there to fix doors, they just kick in doors, they would knock out windows, uh, one time we were there with the sheriffs, and, uh, because she was evicting somebody, and my mom's there with the sheriff, and I'm there, and my mom tells the sheriff, they're taking my drapes, those are my drapes. What does the sheriff do? And he's a white cop at the time. Says to her, "There's you and me, and look how many of them are there. Look how many of them are there." So basically, I said, "Fuck it. There's nothing you can do, right?" Yeah. So I mean, that's just typical. But it, it's so funny when when white people band together because uh, when I was growing, when I was in college, uh, I lived in a really it was pretty pretty much ninety percent black. Other than what we call our White Island, it was like you had a front house, a back house, and both the, pe the people who lived in front of us, the people who lived on both sides of us, happened to all be white. So nobody ever fucked with us ever because they were afraid of us because we'd gotten to some problems with them. And I remember to this day the most vivid thing that I remember of black people at the time was coming home on my motorcycle about two o'clock in the morning before I turn up my driveway, seeing three black, whatever the fuck they were, uh, women there, and they had their children in their arms at 2 o'clock in the morning, talking, just bullshitting on the street, and that's how, and, and we're going to even consider them on the same level that we're at. Mm -hmm. 
mm-hmm. and to, to, the it's the insane. level of dis, the level of disgust that I had at that time, it was just like my God, how do how do you people even feed yourself or wipe your ass? You know, would you just fuck the toilet paper? I'll just rub it across the other side of the seat. I don't know. I mean, these people are—they're—they're they're abominations. So I just had to call in and tell you guys a couple <laughs> cool. of stories. I mean, I got—I got a lot more, but you know, those are just a few classic well, ones. Mark, do, I mean, do yeah. you do you sort of wish you were living in Croatia now, seeing what this country is becoming? You know, I've had a, quite a bit of discussion with that because all my family's back there. The only people that I have here uh, is my mom. Uh, my father passed away a while back, but. Um, the thing about it is that concerns me is that they're gonna they're trying to get into the European Union. And well, yeah. Yeah, and and that to me is like that's a no go. I mean, I just don't want to be a part of that. Well, that hell, hell, Mark. I mean, what what the hell's happening here? We're we're being forced into the uh, this club with Mexico and Canada. I mean, is that any better? Um. It's hard to say. Unemployment's really high over there right That's now. That's true. Because yeah, um, there's an, the, the value of the money and this and that. Sure, I mean, I could probably sell my house out here, uh, take everything that I have with me, uh, and live a great life. You know, those uh, Croatians but, over there, they have those soccer games, and they get, in okay, the sta- yeah. they get in the stands and they form human swastikas. <laughs> I know. I know. <laughs> That's no joke, folks. <laughs> I, I was actually I was harassing my my cousins were just out here a couple of weeks ago, and I was just giving them shit about it. But you know what's even amazing? Uh, and I had posted this on VNN about my cousin. I almost kicked the shit out of her or wanted to because they they are even there. A lot of them are just being brainwashed into thinking that oh we're all human beings and blacks are wonderful and this and that. And uh, ultimately, one day when we went to church here, there's a Croatian church in downtown LA. After the church, I took him by downtown LA to just go, hey, just check this out. And she got a quick look at uh, what blacks and, and mesoids and all that other shit is about, and that straightened her up pretty fast. But um, going back, I don't know that they. I'd rather, uh, us, us discussing issues here right now, I'd rather stay here and fight it out. You know, I, I think we have, we've got the heart of the American people in terms of intrinsically, and, and, and when I say American, I'm referring to white people. White people in general, the way we think and the way we react to each other and act within our own culture is really a beautiful thing because we don't try, we don't, we don't mentally go out there and, and, and act like the way Jews do and go, you know, I think I'm going to go fuck somebody over for $100,000 today. You know, we, we don't think that way. We think mm-hmm. in terms of, you know, our. We do. Uh, what's happened now is a lot of us think in terms of I want to uh, get a Mercedes or this or that, and we're just so brainwashed enough thinking that material things are what really complete us. But still, intrinsically, uh, we feel bad for people that don't have. We always want to help people out. We're always we we root for the underdog. That's how we are. That's just our our mentality. Whereas everybody else is, you know, me, 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 me. It's like a freaking Christmas song. I don't know. Yeah. Well, the, the, the material, the materialism of our people right now, is is you know is at high tide, and it's damaging our race quite a bit. It is very damaging. I, I'm not sure that that the the materialism uh, factor is as high in Europe as it is here. 
my reading is it's it, it's not as high, uh, and you know from what I can read in the papers. And in fact, I think there's a kind of a uh, 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 kind of a, um, a scoffing they do at us over here for our you know uh, our you know our, I guess we could call it money grubbing and and you know grabbing after every you know sort of uh, gizmo and uh, you know car and everything else that we can get our hands on. I, I, I kind of see some commentaries like that in Europe. And uh, uh, so, you know, I, I don't know. I, I, I would recommend who, that you have a... Uh, uh, you don't have to comment on this, but uh, I'd recommend that, you know, if you could get a passport, a Croatian passport, I'd get one. Do you know, do you know, you know what, what I mean? If you could get a Croatian passport, so, you, out, could, is he the, is he so you could get out of this country if you needed to. Oh, he dropped. Let me get him back on here. Uh, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm just going to say, you know, if, 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 if anyone listening tonight can get a a, a passport, uh, I, I definitely would do it. You know, I listened to Edgar J. Steele's uh, broadcast here uh, last week that he put out, and you know, he's saying that. You know, er, anyone uh, basically who is public, a public person, you know, should have a way out of this country. And he claimed that he's hearing reports of people disappearing already. Uh, I, I, that seemed a little bit, that seemed a little bit exaggerated in, in my mind. I could, I can't, I, I don't know, you know, people disappearing. I, I don't know. I, I don't know that I, I don't know. Maybe he's right. You back, uh, Mark? Yeah, I I don't know what happened. Yeah, I, I was just saying that that uh, you know I would recommend to you that you get a uh, uh, you get a Croatian, Croatian passport so you can get out of this country if you need to. Well, it, it, here's the thing: if I do it, I I would have to take my family with me, and it's not as easy. Your what? <laughs> take your what? Did Take his family. My mom. Oh yeah. Well. She, yeah, you know, it, it's it's not as simple as that. And she's she's old school. I mean, it, think about this. This woman came here, shit, forty five years ago as yeah. a seamstress, and she's probably worth maybe two million bucks as a seamstress, working for nothing, for you know twelve hour days. I mean, it, it's not that easy for her for me to talk her into let's go, you know. So, well, I'm not um, saying let's just go, but I mean, I, I think it's smart that everyone should have a a plan B. Well, plan B. I mean, this, I this, just, let's I, face I went, it, folks. I mean, this 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 country, even if it goes the Brazilian route and doesn't go into a civil war, this country is going to get a this country is going to be a very mean and nasty and violent place, even if it's just you know pervasive street crime like in Brazil. And uh, I, I'm not sure that you know I, I'm not sure that it'd be it'd be worth staying and fighting for at that point. Well, I, you know, you know what I I I'm divorced, no kids, um, and I just got a killer deal on about two thousand rounds of ammo. And <laughs> just go out, <laughs> go out, guns blazing, huh? So if it if it comes to that, <laughs> open. Well, season, yeah, I mean, it's children. like what's a. I, <laughs> Well, well, the, the the point is, is I mean, the the founding fathers, I think they they stood for something uh, that to this day is just being destroyed on a daily basis. You guys know it. I mean, I don't need to tell you, but um, 
I think there's something to be said about that. And I mean, it's not a matter of leaving leaving a legacy. But how often can any of us sit here and say, and people that are listening, that we actually fought for something that was worthwhile? Absolutely. You know, you know. So I mean, that that that's what it means to me. I mean, and you guys, you guys do it on a daily basis. I mean, what you're doing right now um, is fighting. You know, it is. Were well, you so. still out in Southern California? Oh yeah, oh yeah, man. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, you know, it's pretty advanced there in a lot of areas. There's obviously white enclaves, but even even a lot of the whites have the, the whites that stay behind, at least up north in San Francisco, have the the killer mentality. Or the mentality that's killed white people. I saw a hell of a lot of them when I went to school out there. Self-hating, uh, yeah. They're not self-hating. They're self-worshipping. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah, white, but I white mean, liberals. They, hate, yeah. they hate their own race. They're they think they're citizens of the world, and they're going along with the abolish whitey agenda. Uh, ever, very vicious people. The the lines are drawn pretty well here, though, Alex. <clears throat> I mean, Beverly Hills, mm-hmm. that's where pretty much all the Jews live. I mean, the, the Mexicans are like cockroaches. They're like everywhere. I was, I, I do a lot of work in um, uh, schools and stuff like that, um, mm-hmm. bidding projects. And I was looking where I lived, and, and I was amazed that, you know, 70% of the, the students here are, are had a corner. I was like, where the, where the fuck are they? You know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, and it amazes me to have... Hold on, my dogs are getting crazy. Hey. Yeah, and it wasn't even... This is all so recent. It's really even the last couple of decades. So I lived in... Uh, I lived in Villa Park in the 70s and went to public school there. And we had... When I was in sixth grade before we moved, we had... Remember there was like one Chinese girl in our class? I honestly don't remember. That's a fairly rich area. I don't remember any... I don't remember any Mexicans in my class in sixth I grade. Did, I didn't right. have any. And, and and that's in Southern California. And I, I would bet you, geez, I would be surprised if that area is not at least a third Mexican by now. Well, you know what's funny, there. though, Alex? Probably is more than that. <clears throat> when, I went to, uh, when I was going to private school, because I had to go to private school to get any kind of an education, mm-hmm. and uh, we had a couple uh, Mexican kids there that were from well-to-do families, and at that time, and this is probably shit, this is probably like 30 years ago, uh, they were they were embarrassed to be, they, they would always say, I, I'm Spanish, or this mm-hmm. or that. You know, and, and nowadays they're running around with Mexican flags and this and that, and, and it's like, yeah. what, the, what the fuck are you, you got to be proud about? What have Mexicans accomplished? Give, give me one thing, I don't know, beer? Well, I, I, there's plenty of that in the Midwest, too. You find all kinds of cars with Mexican flags on them. I've seen that here in Oh yeah. Even. Yeah, their uh their their national symbols are uh, can be seen all over here in the Midwest and and I I'm in a large metropolitan area and Alex is out in a in, you know Rural, a small to medium sized town. Yeah. But I mean I saw that when I was over putting our paper out in uh Iowa around Des Moines some of the so lower rent areas around there. Pickup trucks, they're always driving pickup trucks. Well, you know what thing guys uh, I think that if, because um, I, I follow a lot of what gold's doing and, and the dollar's doing, and, and based on looking at the dollar falling too, I mean, it's like at 83 cents right now, based on a bunch of different economic factors, we're in for a collapse, you know, for, mm-hmm. I mean, a, as the market is collapsing right now with regards to housing, 
um, and that's really slowing down building. People are people are not refinancing to add on a or remodel their fucking kitchens. My God, oh, I paid thirty grand to remodel my kitchen. Yeah, you're a fucking idiot. <laughs> but the, the the Mexicans that are out there that do all the work for that, mm-hmm. they're not having any work anymore. I mean, I get calls three times a day from remodeling companies. So now that they're getting out of work, they're either going to start uh, trouble yeah. or leave. Yeah. I mean, huh. there, there's no Where other Where are they going to go? There's so, there's so many of them. I mean, what are they going to do? And that, I know that sector was a... Uh, well, that... that, that, that Was that a mark? No, I, I'm trying to hear Alex. Is is it, am I cutting off or is he cutting off? I'm not sure. Uh, I didn't really say much, but I know that a lo- the housing sector obviously drives a lot of the employment for the Mexicans, and it's huge out west. And uh, well, if that cools, yeah, what will the Mexicans do? Is that uh? Well, he, here's a here's a funny thing is uh. Uh, I don't. I don't know if you know. There, there's a member, a proud white guy, and he does. Uh, uh, He's out there in California ask, too. Yeah. Yep. And he and he works and and uh, giving appraisals. And he's telling me. I mean, it's like he went out just this past weekend to ten houses. Nine of them were like in you know ghetto where ghetto uh, locations where these people are so overextended. You know, they went out, you know, refinanced, you know, and, and, you know, now those appraisals or the interest rates being, it's coming due, where now it's going to the rate that it's at. You know, they've gone out and bought all their bling cars and bling wheels, which mean nothing. Um, and they're have and foreclosures here in California are going to be insane. I mean, on top of people getting thrown out of their house, no work for the Mexicans, um, I mean, even the kikes are having trouble out here, which is... Which but that's is, not happening now, is it? Yeah, that is happening right now. So, so that is happening right now. Well, that's great. That's yeah, really good no, I love da- it. Daily Reckoning talks about some of that stuff. I mean, it, it it depends on where you are. Like here in Kirksville, the unemployment rate has never been lower, but, I mean, the kind of jobs that there are, the best place in town is laying people off. It's all dollar stores and check casher places. But now in a higher end area, which would be Southern California, yeah, they're they're having the housing slowdown, and uh, like you say, they've got they've had the credit extended for so long, and now the rates go up. It's going to leave them fucked if there's no new building because something like a huge percentage of the economy the last few years have been driven by, you know, people adding on, like he's saying, like Mark's saying, you get new houses on easy credit or expanding what they've got. So if that cools, it pretty much screws the. Well, rest think of about it. this, guys. Think about this, like uh, happening here in Los Angeles because of the. We're listening, but we keep getting some kind of a delay. Uh, they killed that uh, black groom. Wait till you know they do the full-on raid against uh, a Mexican family, and it wasn't called for, and then the. Uh, the Jew media posts that and and informs everybody about it. There'll be uh, a riot here like no one's ever seen before. It'll it'll I mean they'll burn the whole fucking city down, you know. And, and that uh, I'm not saying that that would be a, a a great thing, but it's a start, you know. <laughs> so uh, yeah, <laughs> I mean I mean the only the only way people seem to get uh, um, 
awakened to what's happening is having that shit smack them in the face. You know, unless a person's been... So you just... family member or something assaulted, they... Yeah, they, they what they see on TV is what they suck in. Uh-huh. And, and they don't... And, they don't understand reality, and and that's the most frustrating thing that that I deal with here. So, I'm kind of hoping that I, I I'm I'm thinking that within the next 24 months, once the economy really goes to shit, because it, it's gone, you know, there's nothing that they can do to keep it from happening. Mm-hmm. Uh, Federal Reserve, those fucking kike sons of bitches that shouldn't <laughs> exist. Um. Anyway, sorry, I don't mean to. <laughs> no, no. I mean, matter of fact, I'm looking at a story right here, uh, Mark, and we got to wrap this thing up pretty soon here. Uh, but I'm looking at a story right here. This is from uh, CBSNews.com, Mastercard. Uh, they have um, record profits at Mastercard right now. Uh, at least its third quarter re- profit report, and it climbed 82 percent, reflecting an increased revenue and a higher number of purchases. Uh, so it, yeah, they've been going off on that on Fox, talking about oh Walmart's a little bit down, but they're ignoring that the rest of retail sales are up nineteen percent. You know, I'm, I'm not sure that was. That's a th- that's a funny thing is that you know I I know I have family members that work in retail, and uh, they're reporting it slow too. And uh, I mean, we we mm-hmm. all put see, the really sad thing well, is maybe we, Fox is lying. I don't know. <laughs> well, you, you know, and, and uh, you know, I'm reading this book. James Mason's book. I'm doing it. I'm doing it as an audio book, and, mm-hmm. and you know the thing is, you know, it can get pretty bad here economically, Mark. But unless, and I'm, you know, I'm, I'm kind of speaking hypothetically here. Uh, 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 you know, if if a country gets really bad economically, that's one thing. Uh, but it, but unless there's a force willing to take it on and tip it over and do away with it, um, you know. The, a, a regime can survive bad times, uh, and 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 you know in general, and there's got to you know there's got to be a movement that's you know committed if if mentally only to total revolution, and and you know it, it's going to be it'll work in our favor or it'll work in you know in in that direction. Excuse me, if uh, you know something happens, an economic catastrophe, but. You know, someone's got to be able to be willing to push Humpty Dumpty over the wall and down the ground, and uh, you know, we just can't we, we just can't put all of our you know eggs in this basket. That it's gonna you know the economy is gonna get so bad and it's, it's all just gonna fall in our lap. Uh, you know, someone's got to be willing to push it, and you know, you know, I mean, there's no sense in acting prematurely either, but. Uh, that's just you know my opinion on this anyway. Well, well, Jeff, keep in mind like your the thing about Mastercard and those people. You ever read the fine print? They sucker people in with those like you know one percent, two percent interest. But if you're late a day or like twenty four hours on a payment, all of a sudden it goes up to twenty four percent. That's how they're registering those high you know the the, the high profitability. So what Mastercard says in terms of you know, that's all shooken and jiving bullshit playing with the fucking numbers. 
I worked for B of A for five years and, and worked on huge millions of dollar financials for them. And it was all, you know, push it over here, move this there. I mean, it's almost like playing in a sandbox and just fucking around with bulldozers, you know? I mean, that's how they do it. Oh, yeah, but, I think a lot of that stuff is, is these numbers are, are utterly false. Yeah. Well, you see, I mean, you read some of these articles that people put out saying, oh, the, everything's dandy, and it's like, you're full of shit, people are living paycheck to paycheck. I mean, people are, the majority of people, I would say at least 75% of Americans are 60 days away from getting fucking evicted or foreclosure. Sure. I think it's, I think it's that bad. And, and speaking to Tom about it, I mean, he, cause he, 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 he does appraisals and he sees where people are financially put themselves into, you know, people that are fucked beyond belief. And, you know, it's not going to be like, you know, what was that one movie, you know, back when, when it was the Dust Bowl, you know, all these people moving around, migrating in their piece of shit cars, you know, to look grapes for work. Grapes of Wrath. Yeah, yeah Grapes of Wrath. Exactly. It's not going to be like that because there were probably four times as many people here now. It's going to be all 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 hell's going to break loose. It be in because the number the number one thing's going to be is food, you know, food and survival. You know, I mean, just look at a just look at a documentary on a uh, on a prison. I mean, Jesus Christ, you know. I mean that that's that's enough for me to know what the hell is going to happen. And if people are out there that are listening aren't fucking prepared, they're fucking stupid. You know, you got to have guns, you got to have food, you you know, power, whatever you need. Doing gloom, but um, especially where I, I whites are in the financial statements and to. Oh, yeah, yeah, uh, me specifically, but. Um, um, that I'm not so worried about because I, I, I've lived around lived around niggers long enough to to know that you smack one hard enough, the you know it, it's kind of like they try and throw dominance pretty fast, but once you throw dominance back at them. Uh, they'll leave you alone. So I'm I'm really not concerned about that. It, my concern is all the white people that don't that that don't stick up for themselves. Okay, I've they got just a take it. I've got a message here from Stan, whose whose system just uh, exploded a few minutes ago, and that's why he had to drop it. He said, uh, uh, he says here, he says, uh, hey, stop sending me messages, Stan, so I can see it here. Uh, you see what's happening in Iraq right now? It's coming to the quaw, and it's going to be the niggers that start it. So that's what and he that's, says. That's so. one interesting thing that a, a Jew said analyzing over there was that, uh, look, they've proved that they can kill our puppet government. Now, the Jew didn't say puppet government, but that's what he basically said. They proved that they can kill the traitor, the traitors that we've set up to lead them, and, and, and basically they proved that we can't beat them. You know, I'll say, I'll say this. And uh, that's, that's maybe, maybe, you know, I'm not advising anything, but no. maybe that's how we need to look at uh, the people who were put up as our elite. The same way those Iraqis do. There's a bunch of Jew shills who are leading us right into the grave. I'll, I'll say something. I'm, I'm not advocating it either, but I'm just speaking hypothetically. If if any sort of insurgent movement could in this country could um, could sustain itself and could prove itself to last, uh, 
knowing how many enemies that we've made, and I say, when I say we, I mean this government has made around the world, uh, whatever that group is, they would have people clamoring to give money and arms to them. I'm I'm certain of it, and uh, you know uh, because um, this government has so many enemies. I mean, come on now. I've said this before. I mean. Uh, you know, you, you for sure you'd have Venezuela and and, and all these guerrilla groups in South America uh, supplying money and arms. You know, you'd have Iran wanting to do it. Uh, you know, you'd have a lot of people under the table wanting to do it. Who knows? Maybe even Russia. Even. I mean, this this country has made so many enemies. It's just uh, they, they would love to fuel a domestic insurgency within this country. I, I'm certain of it. I mean, I don't know. I don't have any evidence of that, but. You know, it's uh, it certainly looks that way to me. Speaking hypothetically, right? No one knows what the future will bring, and you know, I want to make a change democratically and through the electoral process by voting, by voting and writing our congressmen. So I don't want to see that happen. But you, know, you just have to think, you know, a little bit, uh, you know, about this. You write a letter and it t- and and wrap it. Around yeah, wrap it in a really nice envelope. Results. They'll pay attention to you. Use scented. Use one of those perfumed envelopes. That will really perk your ears up. <laughs> so, anyway, folks, I have to uh, bring this call, this uh, show to uh, an end tonight. And uh, Mark, uh, is there any uh, closing comments you'd like to give us? Hello, Mark. Looks like we've had a little bit of problem holding. Must be having that Skype lag or something. Yeah, looks like we've had a little bit of problems holding Mark. Anyway, I'm going to have to say uh, good night for Stan too, and Gavin, who has also dropped off. Are you still there, Gavin? I think everyone's off. Okay, Alex. Any uh, any closing comments? Uh, We're going to do it again next week. Yeah. Okay, uh, I'll be back next week and have some more stuff to talk about. Thanks for hosting, Jeff. My pleasure. Oh, I want to make an announcement. Um, uh, after this show ends, I'm going to release three more chapters of James Mason's book, Siege, uh, on as an audio book. So look for that. Excellent. And we got what? We got Goyfire 44 up, I think, right now. Goyfire 44 just too. came out? And I'll be adding some stuff over the next 24 hours. And, uh, yeah, that's about it. All right. Well, good night, Alex, and and good night, friends. We're glad you're there, and thanks for listening. All right. Good night, everybody. We are the good guys. Yeah, we are the good guys. Not Zog. Us. Bye-bye. Bye. Vanguard Radio. No Jews. Just right.